edge of the universe when the future is in peril. We've got Cardassians on our back doorstep. One man faces an impossible mission. I will do the job I've been ordered to do, sir. To protect a defenseless space station. I don't believe the Federation has any business being here. Command an untested crew. And to relive a deadly encounter. You will disarm your weapons. Next time on Star Trek Deep Space Nine. It's another episode of From Parts Unknown, a Cinema Geekly's strange journey through the depths of Netflix. It's Anthony Lewis here with Aaron De La Osa. How are you doing? Hello, sir. Uh, and Glenn Beauvais, what is up? Oh, nothing much. Love with you. Your multiple pages of notes. Yeah. That you took. I'm guessing. In an most attempt of them to... aren't serious. I was so. going to say, I'm guessing most of these notes are, are some sort of attempt to boil my blood. Um, raise my blood pressure, or, uh, or, or cause me some sort of physical or mental harm. But I assure you, sir, I have properly raised my shields, and uh, your attacks will will not harm me. Uh, your your sticks and stones may break my bones. Uh, so yeah, we're talking uh, our first TV show. Uh, well, if you don't count Breaking Bad, which we stupidly passed up. Because uh, that would have just given us an excuse to talk about the show in general as well, I think. Uh, yeah. Next time, we will not make that mistake. Well, we didn't make the mistake here. Um, or at least I didn't, because I've already seen the pilot for this show. Uh, 1993's Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Uh, and basically, this is how it works, since this is the first time we've done a TV show. We're just watching the pilot. Uh, in this case, I think this was, what, about an hour and a half, maybe? An hour Ballpark, and a half yeah. and one nap. Um, yeah, an hour and a half pilot, so it was a, like a two-parter put into one episode uh, called Emissary. Uh, the show itself ran for seven seasons, and it kind of picked up right at the end of Star Trek The Next Generation's run. I think um, when this started, Next Gen was in season six, I want to say, uh, out of its seven seasons. Uh, and the show does not cross over very much. Uh, there are a couple the of pilot elements. did. <laughs> yeah, I mean the the pilot the pilot sort of crosses over, but you you don't really need to have watched any next gen to understand uh, the pilot. Like there isn't anything that like oh if you missed the next gen episode to which it's referencing, um, you know I'm gonna miss something in this episode, which you're you're really not. Um, and, and there are there are there are some characters over the course of the show's run that do kind of cross over from other Star Trek episodes, uh, but, again, are not entirely necessary for you to have watched Next Gen to understand uh, their role in those specific episodes or anything like that. Um, and then after this, because, yeah, I, I saw that you were you were wondering, Aaron, because uh, after this there is uh, Voyager, which kind of crossed over with the end of Deep Space Nine, and then after Voyager ended, they did the Scott Bakula Enterprise series, which was, in fact, a prequel to all of Star Trek. And Voyager was Janeway. 
Yeah, Voyager okay. was like Battlestar Galactica, uh, where they're lost really far away from home with limited supplies and shit like that. If you had to rank the TV series, how would you rank them from best to worst? Uh, well, for me, DS9 is the at the top of the heap, and then it's probably uh, then it's probably Next Gen, and uh, then Voyager, Enterprise, and then the original series. And and that's not sliding the original series. It's just I didn't grow up on it, and there's a lot of really freaking great episodes of that series, but it, it was very difficult for me, and still is to this day, to sort of latch onto it because it's just from another time that I don't necessarily uh, connect. To. S- yeah, I don't sync with it very well. Um, so yeah, it's not out of it's not out of hate that I put it down there, but um, yeah, for me, it's DS9, the next gen, then probably Voyager, then Enterprise, and. Uh, the Enterprise ended right when it was getting good. It got canceled um, right when they finally got a showrunner who knew what the fuck he was doing with a, a show that's supposed to be a prequel for the original series, uh, which was essentially setting up all of the and world building all the shit that people remember uh, from the original series and shit that came after it. Uh, they didn't spend that much time doing that in the first three seasons of the show. Uh, they're off doing their own thing. But Did they meet like a five-year-old Kirk? No, no, no. They didn't do anything like that, but... Oh. Like, the whole fourth season revolves around, like, the forming of the Federation of Planets, and there's, uh, there's some fucking augments from, like, Khan's time, and um, Brent Spiner plays uh, a relative of the guy who created Data in The Next Generation, so uh, there, was, there was all sorts of cool shit. I think they wanted Kirk for, like, a cameo appearance or for a bad guy role or something, and he turned it down, I believe, uh, which is fine, actually. I think that would have been too weird. But th- there was a bunch of shit in that fourth season that tied in to uh, a future Star Trek, minus the finale, which was uh, an atrocity. <laughs> uh, yeah, the finale of that show. <laughs> oh, oh, I mean, you can go read about it. Uh, the The actors thought it was a horrible way for the show to go out. The uh, ba- Basically, pretty much everybody agrees that it was a horrible way for the show to go out. Um but yeah, we're talking about the DS9s, and I believe neither of you guys had seen the show before or the pilot? Correct. Okay. Um, Glenn, have you seen any of Deep Space? I'm, I'm, maybe you have caught some of it before, but I'm guessing you haven't seen the pilot? Yeah, I mean, I've seen it in passing, but I've never like sat down and watched like a whole episode. Um, okay, so I guess we should run down really quick what happens in the episode or set up things before we can talk about it real quick. Uh, so the first thing we get is a flashback to um, essentially events that take place in a two-part episode of The Next Generation where Captain Picard is kidnapped by the Borg. Essentially, they want to use him to force Earth's surrender, I guess. And they essentially use him to to get to Earth, which involves running through most of Starfleet, and that means the blowing up of a shit ton of ships and killing a lot of people. Uh, and that's something that actually like really changes his character in Next Generation. He's not the same character after that episode, uh, to say the least. Um, so we start like in that, like in one of those battles where the Borg are on their way to Earth. And that's where you meet Cisco and learn that he's the first officer on a ship. Uh, his family's on there, and uh, him and his son barely escape with their lives, but his wife does not survive uh, the attack. And they kind of flash forward to many years later, 
And uh, he was working at a shipping yard uh, for Starfleet when he is assigned to this derelict space station, which used to be controlled by these aliens called the Cardassians, which in Deep Space Nine are kind of like the Nazis to, uh, to I guess, I, I would say the, the Jewish people that are the Bajorans uh, and this planet that the space station is, uh, is surrounding. So they go there to help the Bajorans uh, out. The Cardassians have been kicked out of their space station and are no longer uh, inhabiting the planet and oppressing the people. And the Federation has sent in to kind of help get their ship back together. Uh, and Cisco doesn't really want to be there. And the place is in fucking shambles. And uh, the Bajorans involved or in charge don't really want the Federation's help either. Uh, and uh, basically, Cisco goes to meet one of the head Bajorans who thinks that he might be the emissary, which I guess is like a prophet of their religion, I the suppose. The chosen one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically she's like, hey, there's these orbs and shit that the uh, the prophets sent us, the, uh, the gods they believe in or whatever. And um, through all of this, they're sort of, they're trying to figure out where the other ones are. They think the Cardassians may have taken the rest of them. And she wants the Federation's help to get these back for the Bajoran you people. You gotta unite all seven Dragon Balls. Man. Yes, that's right. And, and she thinks it'll help unite the people because now that the Cardassians are gone, they're all infighting again. Uh, I really cannot hear that word without just getting angry because it, it's just so remind like of the Kardashians. <laughs> it's just like mother. For, like every time I hear it, it's just like fuck. Like, oh, oh, that's in my notes. Chloe Kardashian. It? Yeah, <laughs> I remembered exactly. it as the Kardashians and Borks, and I was like, oh man, you remembered Bork. you remembered incorrectly. <laughs> um, you so, said Bjork, like the singer. <laughs> yeah. In the uh, in in their in their quest. To, to find some of this shit, they sort of stumble upon what appears to be an artificial wormhole that takes them to another quadrant of the galaxy. Uh, but what they quickly sort of learn is that it's uh, not really a wormhole in the traditional science sense. It's kind of this realm where these aliens live that the Bajorans believe are their gods or prophets. And they have a long chat with Cisco. Uh, and Cisco has a very tough Emotional time. Ex- chat. Jesus. He yes, and he has a very tough time explaining to them shit because they're non-corporeal life forms, which means they don't have physical bodies, they don't experience time in the same way that we do. The past, present, and future exist all at once for them. Uh, I think that's eventually what's going to happen to Mickey Rourke <laughs> or Tilda Swinton. In, in, yeah. in fact, she's uh, already there. She's fading away as we speak. She's getting paler every day. Um, so while this is all going on. Uh, they're like, holy shit, there's a wormhole here that could lead to another quadrant of the galaxy. We're talking about uh, a giant hub for scientific activity and power and uh, all sorts of shit. Uh, They need to get the space station in between the planet and the wormhole so they can kind of protect it. Meanwhile, the Cardassians show up and uh, want to start some shit. And uh, even though the station is not equipped for it, uh, they kind of hold their own uh, long enough for uh, Cisco to return. I think at one point one of the one of the Cardassian ships led by Gold Ducat go into the wormhole uh, to kind of see for themselves. And uh, Ducat a, was the kind of guy that looked like a bearded dragon. Yes, uh, yeah. it, it's kind of it's kind of a bumpy ride for them. And Cisco ends up towing their giant ass ship back with his little um, with his little runabout ship. 
Uh, the Cardassians leave when the Enterprise shows back up again and they get the station up and running again. And, uh, you know, then that's where the show essentially takes off from. Uh, so, Aaron, I'm going to start with you since you haven't you haven't witnessed this. Before. I mean, I'm sure you've watched like Next Gen before or some uh, or some Star Trek in the past. Have you? Yeah, I've seen a couple of such of Next Gen, but I haven't really sat down to uh, okay. to do my due diligence and see everything. So what were your impressions? Uh, I liked it. Um, as far as like, you know, uh, a pilot goes, it, it could, they could have done a lot worse job to get you engaged. I think that the part for me that really sold it was just when Avery Brooks was just trying to explain to the, the light angels or whatever the fuck they were. Yes. Uh, you know, how most life forms were wherever based. I mean, th- this dude hit a lot of emotional ranges in there. And I think like th- this might sound kind of, you know, stupid, but, it, uh, I think that's something like if I would have watched as like, you know, a kid when this came out, I wouldn't appreciate it as much as I do an adult. Yeah. You know what I mean? When you have some life experience and you can kind of kind of grasp like what he's getting at there. And I, I thought it was amazingly uh, effective, those scenes he had. Uh, mm-hmm. And that alone for me, you know, has me excited enough to come back and keep watching. I did have a couple of questions, though. Sure. Uh, what exactly uh, is the dude who looks like Shawn Michaels with a haircut? <laughs> the security guy? Um, oh, Odo? You mean Odo? Yeah, the guy who is can, he? He is... Oh, uh, or is that notes. like a spoiler? Uh, no, it's not a spoiler. He's a... Well, I mean, he's kind of what he appears to be. He's a shapeshifter. Oh, um, that's not what I thought. Oh, no shit. Yeah, he's a he's a changeling, and that really oh. ties into, like, the whole series, actually. It doesn't really revolve around him, but his people, because he... There's, like, a moment where he talks about how, like, he wants to go with Kira, the Bajoran who is in charge of the, the station. He wants to go with her through the wormhole uh, because he says he was kind of found like really far away, sort of near where this oh, part right. of the she galaxy the is. She the chick with the, the nose. Like yes. The, okay, got it. Yep. Yeah, she was the... She was the... She was the... The major. The hard-ass chick, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, she was really good. Yeah, she she really stood out to me in in this episode, uh, actually, which... I, I mean, I'll, I'll, talk, I'll talk about it a little bit. Do you have, did you have another question? No, I was just really curious as, you know, what the hell that guy was. It Every does. time they showed him, I just, to me, he, he kind of looked enough like a mountain lion where I swear to God, he looked just like HBK. It does really, it does really, it does, well, his eye wasn't lazy enough, though, so, um, <laughs> but it does, uh, he does have a really good, because he's, um, essentially, at first, he was a science experiment. When he was found, he was goo, essentially, before he, because he was, I, I guess, in their, in their, uh, in like their fetal state, I guess that's all they are. Like they learn to shape shift as they get older, and turn into a uh, you know turn into whatever they want. And he turned into that in an attempt to sort of look like the people who found him, although he never so quite mastered. They're like it. that those plastic people from Doctor Who. Yeah, kind of. He never really mastered looking like humans. Got uh, it. Um, he always tried, but uh, so he he's like the outcast character, the guy who doesn't really. Uh, the guy who doesn't really fit in, which is why he likes being the constable, I guess, because he gets to, you know, create order from the, you know, he gets like rigorous and routine and shit like that is sort of his thing. Right. Um, Glenn, what did you think? No, I liked it. Like when Aaron's talking about the time, not only is it, it Avery Brooks is really good in it, mm-hmm. and it, it's, it's something that's so simple and we probably don't think about now. Um, but having to explain it to something that doesn't know of its existence or is an existence that we know it as. Yeah. Uh, it's not so much him, but the fact that how well they cut those scenes. 
Yes. I mean, the editing is superb. Just to me, like at first it was kind of like, oh, okay, okay, I'm keeping up like a Guy Ritchie cut. Mm-hmm. And then it became so seamless because of how well they were cutting I'm his dialogue. Guy cuts, man. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was great how well he was selling and how well he was delivering his lines that it just it became non sequential. So it was just yeah. it was like flipping through a book and it didn't bother me. And it without I thought that was really impressive. Yeah. Uh, oh go ahead. No, no, you can go. I I need to pull up my page. Oh, sure, sure. Um yeah, I the thing that really sticks out to me that I like a lot about uh, about this is that how it kind of it sets up so much stuff, but it also um, really solves a lot of things too. Like he has major issues with um, Captain Picard when he meets him for the first time, as Aaron, I'm sure you maybe remember from the first meeting that they have. It's yeah. slightly tense. Dude, holy shit. And the way he raises his fucking voice. And by the way, I would just like it, to It's add, like watching your parents argue for the first time and like maybe one of them said fuck out of nowhere and it's just like, oh my god. Like instantly, <laughs> my butthole puckered. I just sat here like, oh Jesus, this is, that is intense. Like they were. I, um, and by the way. They, they were wanna, two seconds away from kissing. I mean, I that's wanna, how passionate they were towards <laughs> each other. I just want to hand it, by the way, to Patrick Stewart for the look on it. Like when he's like, hey, have we met before? And he's like, yeah, we met. Uh, at Wolf 359. Oh, yeah. And that look on Picard's face was so fucking good. Um, and because that, uh, I mean, those two episodes of Next Gen, basically, th- there's affects him for episodes and episodes to come. I mean, it affects him in the well, first in contact movie. Too, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, that. like, that was a character-changing moment. So it's just Cisco mentioning that to him, you can see it in his face. Like, the pain. Like, he's got, like, a little quiver in his lip and everything. And it's just like, holy fuck, Patrick Stewart is amazing. Yeah, he's a uh, pro. And how about uh, the girl who played Drax? Uh, I know Dax. her. Dax. Uh, Dax. Yes. Oh, is it Dax? Yeah. Oh, oh well, I know her from uh, a movie from my childhood starring Robert Denny Jr. featuring Rodney Dangerfield, uh, Back to School. <laughs> That's right. She was Valerie Desmond. <laughs> she is, as soon as I saw her face, I was like, oh, shit. She is, she is really good on the show uh, yeah. as well. It, she she was a guy, right? Yeah, she used to be. Um, that's Well, I mean, she's always been a girl. Jed, Jedzia is her first name. Uh, oh, but the way, but the she, way it, just, she was a dude, then she became a lady again. Like the, Yeah, kind of like the way it works is they're a, she's like a trill, so they're a joined species. So there's, uh, there's two species that live together. Like there's like an alien thingy that sort of lives inside her body. Uh-huh. And that thing lives for a really long time, and it moves from host to host. And so oh. she has she has all of the memories of her previous hosts. Got it. So the last guy was Curzon, who was an old man, and before that was a woman. And uh, there's so she and there's um. But the body is awake. So what person is okay with having a slug inserted into them? I don't know. It's just their species. Like they both of those species live on their planet. So basically, oh, it's okay. just it's yeah. just someone like you lease a car for a year. You'd say fuck it, you get a new car. Yeah, they they, they need they. The 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 slug things need the host to survive. The slug things are the, so the slug thing is actually Dax, and they love henna. Yes, the slug thing is actually Dax, and then when Got they it. when they when they get a new symbiont, they change their last name to reflect whatever the symbiont that they have in their body is. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, there's I mean there's a lot of that stuff there. Um, I had to watch this way more objectively than I wanted to, uh, because I came into this with. Not just 
rose-tinted glasses, but with like about six or seven pairs of rose-tinted glasses piled on top of each other. Because this is like, you know, number one, it's Star Trek. Number two, it's got nostalgia. Uh, And number three, I've got like the foreknowledge of also everything that happens after this episode. So like I can forgive most of the bad shit usually in a pilot because even like the best shows, like if you go watch some of the best episodes of Breaking Bad and then go watch the pilot, it's not even comparable uh, to once a show really gets running. So the I tried, Flash pilot was great. I tried to look at this way more critically than I normally do, and I didn't like what I came away with because there was some stuff that jumped out at me. Um, there is a. Can I explain some of them? There are some scenes with Cisco and his wife on the beach, and whoever that woman is, ungodly terrible actress. Just the fucking worst. I, I, I couldn't focus on anything but the fucking outfit they had him on on the beach. Oh, yeah, yeah. Dude, Total... You could see his entire dick like the like the whole time. <laughs> he's fucking strolling the beach. It's just like the sheerest lycra. He's got no underwear. Nope. So it's just dick and balls the entire time. He's just all Barry Whitener up and down this beach, man. It, it's all I could fucking look at. I should also, also, he's pretty bad when he cries about his wife. Oh, come on, dude. Which that one? was it some was, emotional shit. It was, I'm sorry, it was pretty over it was the gut, top. It was gut-wrenching, man. No, it, was it wasn't. I, it was emotional. I laughed. I laughed. No, did it was, really? It yeah, hit. I did. I was like, that's that's pretty terrible. It, it, see, Tony, there's no, a difference right there no, between a, a young man and stage, someone buddy. of our age who has a little more life experience. Right. Uh, well, there, you don't need to sound like you're on stage. It was just... It was like he was trying to sell it at someone in the back seat. It's like, well, yes. I am the back seat. This is the couch. Well, the world that, that was stage, my problem. Which one the are you talking about? The stage. Which one are you talking? Are you talking about the one where they're in the the fucking flaming wreckage, burning starship, where there was probably incredibly loud? So, yeah, that's okay. I, I'm okay with that. If he's going to be loud and over the top, some people are really loud and over the top when people die, Glenn. Yeah, just I, just, I mean, uh, how many times are you going to be able to hold your wife as she dies? You got to go big, dude. I mean, no, I mean, I agree. You don't want I people agree. talking like afterward, like, man, did you see how he didn't like fucking react at all when she died? I mean, I don't, I don't disagree. Like, you know what kind of an asshole he would have been if he didn't react? You could have broke down and cried, but it's the it's the way he did it. I'm not complaining that he showed emotion. I'm complaining about the way he did it. I mean, I don't disagree with you. <laughs> it, didn't seem, it didn't seem believable at all, is what I'm saying. See, now, I, I, I don't disagree with you. I, I definitely think it's over the top, but it right. worked for me, though. Yeah. Like, it, it worked for me, I guess. Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't begrudge you for it not working for you. You know, imagine Shatner having to do that scene, man. And way fucking worse. <laughs> it, you're right, it would have been. Right. <laughs> Does it make me any less correct? I'm very happy it wasn't. I, I mean, Picard, uh, like uh, Patrick Stewart, also does emotion sometimes way over the top um, when he's doing it. So um, stage actor. Yeah, I mean that's just it's just the stage. It's projecting, right? The stage yeah. actor. Yeah. Um, you know, and those extras when they're going to the gambling scene. Yeah. <laughs> and they're drinking. That I have never seen someone fake drink worse than that. Oh my god. <laughs> Like you could, t- they're just moving their cups around and pretending to drink. I was like, "There's nothing in there." I, you know, it was horrible. I, you watch it, 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 man, it sticks out pretty but I bad. Like the, uh, I, I still can't believe this far in the future, people are still drinking booze, man. Don't they know how fucking terrible it is? The for doors you? are made out of gears. I oh, don't know. No, it's they're drinking, they're drinking synthahol, sir. Oh yeah, it's 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 got it's got all the taste of booze, but with none of the side effects. 
Oh, yeah. wait, so, so then why the fuck do you drink it? <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, there, there was an episode where Scotty from the original series was on Next Gen, and he basically said the same thing. Wait, what? Uh, Scotty was on Next Gen? Yeah, yeah, they, they, had the conv- they had a convoluted way of bringing him onto that show. Oh, my why God. Does okay, everyone now i got to start watching Next Gen. Damn it. <laughs> Um, but what I what I liked was kind of like the uh, they're they're setting up future stuff with the prophets because the prophets and the wormhole play basically a, a a thing all the way through all seven seasons. Uh, but they also are they from Gallifrey? Is that how it turns out? No, sir, they're not oh. from Gallifrey. Um, no, clearly they live in a dimension where everything is a fucking Windows ninety five screensaver. Uh, <laughs> whatever the fuck is going on in that wormhole, um, but it, well, it's definitely not a library. No, it's not the. Uh, but but I liked I liked how the story, like the the singular episode story for Cisco, wraps up, where he's sort of the the wormhole aliens through kind of questioning him about what the fuck are humans and how do how can you live like how you live. He was basically able to realize that you know, all of his unhappiness is stemming from the fact that he was never able to let go of his wife dying on that ship. Uh, you know, I, I, I fucking love that. They're constantly asking him, like, you know, if you're so fucking linear, then why do you exist here? You said this is the past, but why do you exist here? Uh, oh, yeah. And Fuck I'm sure, yeah, dude. That scene was awesome. And I'm sure some people probably took that to mean, like, because there's a moment where he's like, he's like, oh, it's because I never left. And then I'm sure a lot of people probably took that to mean, like, Oh fuck! He's dead. He's been dead this whole time. He never left. <laughs> well, it is late nineties. Like Lost, people are like, "Oh shit! This was Lost before Lost was right. out." And I'm like, "No, no, no, no!" Like mentally, he never left. Like, yeah, no, I, I got it because you know I don't have the emotional depth of a four year old. Yes, it's like, of course, he just he never let it go, and that right. was his that was his problem. His head his head has always been stuck there, and he can't move forward. Um, and they, he finally kind of does he, when he finally realizes that, holy shit, I have been stuck here this whole time. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I, uh, I don't know if you guys got it or not. I'm guessing you did cause we all watched it on Netflix, but, uh, holy shit was the video quality really shitty on my Netflix. That oh I, yeah. It was fucking yeah, Well, terrible. try watching Buffy on there. It's I'm pretty not, bad too. I mean, I'm not talking like, I'm not talking like poor low res digital. It was running at its maximum, whatever it is, 480p for, for this show. And it just looked fuck. It was like deinterlaced or whatever the fuck. It was just it was squiggly lines all over the place. It looked like a really shitty VHS copy that they put up on Netflix. It's like watching the Seventh Doctor on Prime. Wait, how does video quality kind of fucking look like? Go ahead, sir. Uh, are you telling me that Netflix was giving her all she's got, and it still wasn't good enough? That's oh, right. damn it, Glenn. <laughs> They may have to eject the fucking warp core in order to get that to play right. I mean, I, all I know is that I've got the DVDs. I've got the DVDs of DS9, and they look way, way yeah, better. It, it, some of those those older, like, the, for some you get the reason. DVDs and you still watch it on Netflix? Yeah, I don't know why I did that. <laughs> <laughs> good good question. I, for some I just, reason, those sorry, like 90s man. shows just don't work well on Netflix at all. It, that's not the only one. There's several I've watched, and it's just some of that time period. I don't know, like... Maybe the way they film things, it just doesn't translate digitally at all. Yeah. Uh, I, did did anybody else have anything that didn't make any sense to them that I could maybe try to figure out? Uh, how yeah. come everyone speaks English? Oh, yeah. Universal, yeah. Tra- Universal Translator, sir. Okay, oh. I, I figured that. I just I wanted to see that device. Apparently, they're all implanted. I'm guessing. I'm guessing they're all implanted in everyone's ears or something either that or the cameras that they use to shoot this uh real life program uh had universal translators built into okay. the microphones 
And Aaron already touched on it, but that goo creature. Yes. Are you sure that he can't be the great, 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 great grandson of Alex Mack from the secret world of Alex (laughs) Mack? I cannot actually confirm or deny that uh, there there could be some sort of time-traveling episode with Alex Mack. Uh, spoiler, there's not. Uh, that would be fucking amazing, though. Okay, and, and uh, I'm glad you got that. I was hoping that the bar owner. What exactly is he? Uh, Quark is a Ferengi. They uh, fun story. They in Next Gen, they wanted them to sort of be the Klingons for the Next Generation series. They wanted them to be like the bad guys. But he's so little. Yeah, they're uh, and and worse yet, they're more. Um, they're more comedy than anything. They're they're yeah, like they, they look like a set of balls. They're they're essentially like uh, testicle heads. They're essentially like, <laughs> well, I mean, not just that. Like they they weren't mean or menacing. They kind of dropped that idea relatively quickly. Uh, but Deep Space Nine really turned that species and like those characters into great, um, like really fucking great characters. Um, that. I should I should I should note that uh, and and I, I guess the the Ferengi are supposed to as a species are supposed to be like the representation of like ultra right wing capitalists I guess so they're like, America yeah like that's all they give a fuck about is is profit if they can profit off of something that's all they give a fuck about right um, but oh God, that could be England too I guess I, I should note the reason I like Deep Space <laughs> Nine the reason I like Deep Space Nine more than the other Star Trek shows is because those other shows have Ships where you're going, you know, the planet of the week uh, type thing where this show is about a stationary space station. I mean, they do leave it. They go places from time to time and things like that. But most of the story comes to them. Uh, so the show. So it's really, more like personal relationships. Yeah, there's a shit ton of character development that happens throughout the seven seasons of the show. Uh, and basically everybody, like all of the characters get fleshed out really well throughout seven seasons. Um, and most of them are around for the whole run of the show as well. So, really? uh, um, yeah, yeah, there's a, uh, at some point Worf joins the cast after next gen is over. Oh shit. Um, and he's on the show. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else of, of like major note, but no, the, the, the show basically, uh, is, is a lot more strict on its character development than the other shows and the other shows do try obviously but they've also got that you know where are we going to this week who are we running into this week and what obstacles are we going to overcome this week and uh you know they do character development but they don't spend nearly as much time on it as as this show did well how could you if you have to you know assemble an away team every every week Man, I wish Firefly was as long as this show lasted right okay Oops. so I got a question for you Tony sure You've seen all, all the episodes uh, of every show. As someone who hasn't, who's going to go into these raw, what series should I watch first? Um, <laughs> that's like that's, what, what's the best way to hook me in and be like, okay, now I got to watch the rest of these. Uh, honestly, I would say keep going with keep rolling with DS Nine, DS Nine, and then maybe roll into like Next Gen, even though Next Gen sort of takes place before it. Like if you uh, are deep enough in after those two series, then you should probably branch out and give Voyager a shot in Enterprise. Um, Enter- Enterprise is like obviously the most modern of the shows because that was in the early 2000s. And I think, it, if memory serves, it was the first television show aired in high definition. 
Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, if memory serves. So it won't look that terrible. Oh no, 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 it looks it looks pretty decent. It looks pretty decent. It's you know like nothing worse than what the Sci Fi Channel is putting out these. Yeah, days. yeah, it's it's like 2002 high TV visual effects budget stuff. Um, whatever, like the top tier visual effects budget for television was in 2002. It's it's right about that. Um, it's not it's not too bad at all. It's it's a it's a pretty easy on the eyes show. All right, uh, well, I'll keep rolling on these fuckers then. The visual effects in this show were okay. They are they're actually better than most of the visual effects in the next generation. Uh, even even the stuff they were competing with at the time that next gen was airing ahead uh, better visual effects, and those tend to get better as the show rolls on too. Um, although they weren't helped by the shitty quality of Netflix. Um, so, <laughs> what did do you recall what Netflix thought you would rate the shows? Uh, it it gave me four and a half. Oh wow! Okay, or like, it was like the little smidge between four and five. You know, like ballpark at whatever you want, but over four. Uh, Glenn can't recall because his internet has dropped, so that's no good. <laughs> um, but yeah, if we get him back, I'll ask him. Uh, yeah, I, I, I was about to ask the worst question of all time, which is, what would you rate it? And I'm like, you know what? You probably shouldn't rate a whole fucking TV show based off of one episode. Right. Um, uh, if I had to, though, I'd, I'd give it a solid four out of five. Yeah. I, I Basically, I think the key we should probably stick to with... Um, I think the key we should probably stick to with, like, these episodes uh, are... Like if we, if we get another TV show, like is this something you would go to again and like watch more of the show based off of the pilot? Right. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'd, I'd check it out, give it another episode or two, see what goes on. One of my favorite. Uh, you'll have to let me know if you if you stick through it. One of my favorite shows of the entire run is in the first season, uh, which normally doesn't happen. Usually that's like a fourth or fifth season type thing where they really hit their stride. But there is a first season episode called uh, Duet, I believe. Uh-huh. really fucking stands out to me is a really great episode. I have not seen it in a couple of years because uh, I have not gone and watched all of my Star Trek in, in a little while, but if memory serves, that's a really fucking great episode. Um, you can just pretend to know what uh, what Glenn's Netflix said it would have given him based off of what you know of Glenn. I'd say three. <laughs> three? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I guess. I, I, you know what? To be honest, I was expecting him to try to try a railroad me a little bit more on on Star Trek because I was watching. Well, maybe it. he was waiting till the very end, so maybe this is you know a, a lucky break for you. Yeah. <laughs> that your your favorite TV show is getting out, you know, coming out pretty good. That's right, uh, Glenn. Do you, uh, Glenn? Do you recall what Netflix said you would uh, rate this show? Uh, I think like a four. I mean, it's oh, been one yeah, of those like low. top picks a, a ton of times. So. Yeah. Uh, I'll ask you the same question I asked Aaron then. Would you, uh, based off of the pilot, is this a show you would continue to watch based solely off of the pilot? Yeah, I'm, the only thing, I mean, for me, the only thing is knowing that it's seven seasons and 42-minute episodes. Oh, yeah. It's a lot. Because I've, I've been down that road a couple of times. Wait, it's how many episodes per season? It's it's uh they're they're forty two minute ep- forty two minute long episodes and there's you know it's normal TV it's twenty four episodes a season. Oh shit! Yeah, seven. And that's the only thing is just knowing how much is going to be ahead of me. Yeah, there's a lot to consume for sure. I, I mean, for me, it's a the journey is total was totally worth it, but I'm also 
you know, stupid in real life love with Star Trek and this particular series. So, like, I was sitting there watching the pilot, and when it was over, it's like, I want to watch the next episode. Uh, and it's like, you know what? Now I'll just wait until I. I'll, I'll but I have two more questions. Sure. Uh, first one is 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 uh, kind of serious. Do they ever stop being monotone? And aren't because sometimes when they're saying the dialogue that they're bad, it's just oh no no they're really I, monotone because they're trying to remember. It was stiff like, a lot of times. Yeah, yeah. I, I it's like I, whenever like you're watching a doctor show, and as soon as it goes to medical terminology, it's like mm-hmm. that you can tell they are trying to focus on what they are saying. No, the show definitely loosens up as it goes on. Um, okay. It was it was yeah. I, I noticed that too when I was giving it my critical once over. I'm like, boy, a lot of this stuff is like really wooden ish kind of like it it's almost like first day at you know in a new school or something and you're just getting to know people well, they were kind of the first day at the you know yeah i mean and and in very and various characters pair off and have really great chemistry together uh and shit like that and a lot of them were kind of like unexpected pairings and i'm like i would i would not have thought that those two would have like the chemistry they have like that sort of thing uh and that happens quite a bit sort of throughout uh, throughout the show, uh, you have you have a second less serious question. I'm guessing. Yeah. Uh, how how hard did you get when on your show Star Trek they were using baseball to explain oh time? Oh my god! Yes. As soon just, as that happened, I was like, I'm pretty sure Anthony had to go to the bathroom. They, for no, Glenn. It wasn't that they were not. He was not using baseball to explain. He was using baseball as a metaphor for existence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Direction like, achieved. Oh, yes, we're, I mean, yeah, I, I'm so happy you fucking brought that up. Where he's sitting there <laughs> explaining how, like, um, you never know, uh, like, you just you just throw pitch after pitch, but you don't know what the outcome is. In fact, you don't know what the outcome is until the game is completed. Um, and that the fact that he used that as a metaphor to explain what human existence is to aliens was fucking awesome to me. It, it was like it combined everything I love about things and put it If you would have watched that scene and then gone right to James Earl Jones's speech from Field of Dreams, I think you would have came <laughs> like, legitimately like that would have been orgasm for you. Yes, it's a fuck baseball is a fucking steam baseball. Oh, yeah, as soon as it shows him on that baseball diamond, I was like, "Oh my god." <laughs> I don't even know how it raced and you know the, the the I'm going to say the guy that played did kind of look like Ty Cobb a bit. I'm just <laughs> That out there. Yeah. Uh, oh, his spikes sharpened and he hated black people. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say he tried to go after Cisco's. I picked uh, up on that. Yeah, he might have been a bit. <laughs> might have been Tycom. Um also in case people are wondering, Sirak Lofton, who plays uh Cisco's son. Uh in case you're wondering if if you guys had any questions, uh no. Uh he doesn't get any better before the series is over. Wow, uh, really? I mean he gets he gets fairly acceptable. He he gets one or two episodes near the end of the series where he's actually quite good uh but mostly he's kind of like the weak link i think in the entire cast so he's walt from lost <laughs> yes yeah yeah he's definitely walt You're really invested in his dad's story because it's pretty horrifying but yes. the son man he's really dragging him down <laughs> uh yeah i mean he's the he's the but i mean you know the rest of the cast is is really uh, is really fairly talented and shit. Um, so yeah, it's a, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's t- it was tougher for him to shine in that situation anyway, but he never really gets a whole lot better. Um, and he's always kind of, yeah, I mean, he, he, they get some episodes. 
uh, that are pretty good, but most of them are, uh, most, most of his time on the show is not particularly great. Uh, I'm going to get some Sirach Lofton support group emailing the shit out of me. Style. It could be, you know, Sirach himself. <laughs> it could be. Um, and by the way, just for, for funsies, Sirach was a Vulcan elder who created the whole fucking system of logic, which I'm guessing is spelled differently than Sirach Lofton. And he was Sirach a- lifestyle. Sirach lifestyle. Dwayne Sirach Johnson. Uh, holy shit. I guess we should wrap it up. We went over a half an hour. Um, with 38 minutes or so. And God, I hope Buffy's the next one. I do. I just, man, we're going to switch roles. It's, it's Star, it's Star Trek. So I could talk a lot <laughs> longer about this, but, um, hopefully. It's going to be The Walking Dead or something, like Sense of Anarchy. Uh, I don't know. Shit. Maybe. If it's Sons of Anarchy, I don't have a problem watching the the pilot for that again. Uh, I've seen Hamlet. <laughs> it ain't fucking Hamlet, man. They're not goddamn motorcycles. Hamlet. Well, ain't, nothing that, ain't that limey British, you know, queer stuff. What kind of a fucking biker about. wears white tennis shoes? <laughs> One of California gangs. They ain't even the real shit. I believe that- our biker gangs shoot each other in IHOP. Oh shit! That's right. I forgot about your fucking. That oh, was a Twin like, Peaks. Or something, so man. some guy did a Urban Spoon review because he was there when it when that biker war happened, oh, and he Jesus. gave an Urban Spoon review about that <laughs> restaurant, and it is so funny. Oh. You know, I could have done without the gunfire. Um, and our waitress, she kind of ran away in the middle of us ordering our food, and it just kind of took a while for us to get our stuff. The service in general just seemed like they were all on edge for some reason, like the health department was there. <laughs> it was pretty it's pretty great. <laughs> I didn't say extra bullets in my cheeseburger. Uh, I, I just want a couple to spice and things up. Uh, I almost lost my dad. Um I would not have liked that to happen <laughs> Do not recommend. to a restaurant. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty great. <laughs> all right. Uh, for Glenn Beauvais and Aaron DeLos, and we'll be back next week with an all-new crazy fucking movie review from Parts Unknown. Hey, Cinema Geekly listener. It's Anthony Lewis. Have you ever asked yourself... Self, I'd really like to support CinemaGeekly.com. I love the content. I love the podcasts. It's all great. I love it. You'll want to help out CinemaGeekly.com. You want to help out the site you love so much. But you just can't. There isn't a way. Well, you know what? We've brought a way to you. If you shop on Amazon.com. And at this point, I'm not sure who doesn't. Amazon has a gajillion products available to people just like you and me from movies, video games. You want to watch movies? Buy a TV, Blu-ray player. You can get any of that stuff from Amazon. You can buy like a kayak uh, from Amazon. There's literally something for everybody. If you're like me, you've got Amazon.com bookmarked. But you know what? I say to you, throw that bookmark away. Just go to cinemageekly.com. On the right-hand side of our page... There's a big button, the Amazon logo. You just click that. It takes you to Amazon like normal. You shop like normal. There's no extra cost to you whatsoever. But for every purchase you make through that link on the CinemaGeekly.com website, Amazon is going to shave off 8 to 10% of that purchase and give it right back to CinemaGeekly. 
So if you are looking for a way to uh, help out your favoritist website in the whole wide universe, or multiverse, or hooniverse, then look no further. Click that button on the right side of cinemageekly.com, buy yourself some cool shit from amazon.com, and help out Cinema Geekly all at the same time. Thank you.